And today, like I say, I'm coming to you in our what is known as our hog barn now. And a few months ago, it started. My son Hank, he just got this infatuation with hogs and pigs. And I think it was because his sister was showing goats. And she, so he didn't want to show goats. And he wanted to be a little bit different. So he decided that he wanted to show hogs. Well, you know how it goes, you know, as a father, you think, man, well, so we're going to, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this all the way, right? And uh, so I decided instead of buying all these fancy hog panels that I would actually try to make my own. And I'll show you a few of these if uh, you can follow the camera here. This is, uh, this, this pig's uh, name is Bandit. This is Ignite. Don't ask me why it's Ignite. And this is Watson. Watson is uh, Chester and the other two are Spots. I, I just know that because I just learned that because I'm not a hog guy. Uh, but anyway, so I uh, got this wild hair that I figured, you know, I can build these panels a lot cheaper than, um, than I can buy them. And so I decided I was going to buy some materials and, and put them to, you know, and, and try to build them myself. And that's, that's exactly what I did. But here's the thing. I remember buying all the stuff. I asked, you know, our ag teacher what I should do. I went by the ag barn and I looked at all the, you know, new uh, pins that we have at Sharon Mutual. And, and I looked at all that and I thought, man, you know, I can build all this. And then I bought all the materials and I got after it. So, but here's, here's, what, I, here's what I learned. I uh, began to work on this. I really, again, I didn't know exactly what I was doing. Um, I had some measurements from the other pins that I was, you know, looked at or whatever. But, but it was just crazy how long it took me to make the first panel. I mean, it, this panel right here, I think it's like 8 foot or 10 foot. I've got an overhead with a gate on it. Um, and it just was amazing how long it took me to make the first one. I remember coming in uh, after working all day. Uh, out in, in our round top, welding on some stuff. I remember coming in, my wife, Heather, she was like, so did you get them all done? And I was like, um, no. I think I got one done and a gate. And it was just crazy how, how again, how long it took for me to build that first panel. But here's what I learned. After I built the first one, all the other ones kind of were a little bit easier. I mean, it took me five or six hours to build the first you know, panel and gate. And then after that, once I kind of knew what I was doing, once I kind of, you know, had some measurements of my own and I'd welded stuff on and I'd, you know, maybe even done it wrong and had to start over in a certain spot. Once I learned all that stuff and went through all the, you know, the planning and all that stuff, guess what? The other ones got easier. Well, here's what I want to teach you today. When it comes to living for Jesus, um, in many cases, the first step or the first, you know, building of a relationship or whatever it is, the first surrendering your life to Jesus, the first step of obedience that he asks you to do something and you have to obey, the first step of putting your faith into action, guess what? The first step is typically the hardest. Just like building those panels, the first one was the hardest. It took me forever. And I was like, am I ever going to get this done? And then I, I wanted to scrap the whole deal and just go buy all the, you know, Atwood's panels or whatever they were. But then, once I got that one done, again, the others were easier. Again, I think it's the same way in life. Here, here's the truth. After, you know, you've taken a step toward God, after you've taken, you know, and you've surrendered your life to Jesus, or, again, you've made that step of obedience and you've stepped out on faith, here's, here's what I believe. I believe that it can get easier and easier and easier. Now, you say, well, is life easier? Um, do all your troubles go away? No, they don't go away. But here's what I've learned. By taking steps of faith 
And by stepping out with Christ and, you know, again, being obedient to Him and surrendering your life to Him, I believe that when you take those steps of faith, I believe sometimes it gets easier and easier and easier. One of the ways that I believe that it gets easier, excuse me, one of the ways that I believe that it gets easier is when it comes to sharing your faith. Um, This is a great example of how once you do something once, it can get easier. I grew up in a, um, a family that loved sharing our faith. Uh, we grew up in a, a church that obviously taught us to, to what we would call evangelize or, you know, evangelism. We would take classes. We'd learn how to, you know, greet people and meet people and, and, and share our faith. I grew up with a, a mom who, um, Again, she would share her faith with anybody that that stopped. I mean, if they stopped walking and she was near them, she was going to share her faith with them. I, I grew up with a dad that was more on the you know the quiet side, and he would share his faith day in and day out with his work ethic and and obviously with his words as well. Maybe at work, uh, at his job, and with the people that he worked with. Um, we would go you know on mission trips. We would you know go with the intention of sharing our faith. Because we wanted people to know Jesus. Well, here's what I've learned over the years. In many cases, the first step in sharing your faith, opening your mouth for the first time and actually sharing what Jesus has done for you, a lot of times that's the hardest step. It's the hardest step because, again, maybe you've never done it before. Maybe, you know, you think it's going to be awkward. Maybe you think, you know, somebody's going to, you know, not listen or just tell you to shut up or whatever. A lot of times, again, that first step is the hardest. But today I want to teach you some practical things that I think will help you maybe take that first step and then even take it a step further and a step further and it become easier and easier to share your faith. Number one is this. If you're taking notes today, number one, if you say, Bo, I want to learn how to share my faith. I don't want to be scared to do that. I want to, to be able to share what Jesus has done in my life. Here's number one. Prepare to share. Prepare to share. Just like I had to prep to build these hog panels, we need to prepare to be able to share our faith with other people. I I went and asked the ag person, you know, our ag teacher, uh, Garrett Bench. I went and asked him. I said, hey, man, how should I build these? He actually came over to my house and, uh, you know, looked at the slab that we poured and all that stuff. And he, you know, gave me some pointers on how I, I should build those panels. Um, I, I, like I say, I went to the ag barn. I looked at those. I prepared so that I could build those panels. Well, it's the same way in life. It's the same way. When we want to you know, learn how to share our faith with people, guess what? It's always better to prepare. And you say, well, why? Well, First Peter 3.15, it says this. And I don't know if it'll be on the screen, but uh, you can just listen to the scripture. It says this. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Peter tells us, he says, hey, I I think you guys ought to be prepared. Be prepared to give an answer to anyone that, that asks you a question about knowing Jesus or asks you a question about maybe your church or asks you a question about, you know, this and that or whatever it is in the Bible. Maybe they have questions. And as Christians, guess what? We're to be prepared to share. And you say, okay, but how do I prepare? Well, I'll give you a couple things. First, you got to study God's word daily. Um, at the Ranch Youth Retreat, we taught your students how to have a quiet time. 
And you say, well, what's a quiet time? Well, a quiet time is, is really just a, a time that is spent with Jesus, a time that is spent with God, maybe in a quiet place. That's kind of why we call it a, a quiet time. But it's a time where you just spend with God and you, you maybe pray before you, you know, read the Bible. Then you read the Bible and then you pray again and you ask God, okay, help me to apply what I learned from what I just read. And then you just sit there in the quietness and you just listen. Well, Again, here's what I've learned. If I'm going to be prepared to share Jesus with other people, I have to be prepared by spending time with Jesus myself. And so, how do you say, well, how do I prepare to share? Well, you spend time in the Word of God. And here's, here's what I've done. And here's what I, I encourage you to do. Read the stories of the Bible. You say, well, how do I go about, you know, sharing my faith with other people? Well, we learn from those that followed Christ in the Bible. We can use those stories that we read in the Bible as a template or a guide, just like building these panels from other panels. We can use, you know, the Word of God and the stories, you know, that were in the Bible as a, as a template and a guide on how to share our faith. And you say, okay, but what, what did the disciples share with others? I mean, if you read the stories in the Bible, what did they share? Well, uh, I'll give you a few answers. They shared God's love for the world. I mean, so many people want to share, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to hell, you're a sinner, you know, fire, brimstone, all that stuff. The disciples actually didn't share much of that. Obviously, they shared truth and they were honest with people about their future and, and where they can spend eternity, whether it's heaven or hell. But at the end of the day, they shared God's love for the world. I mean, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Here's the sad truth. A lot of people, you know, they look at God and they, they think, you know, a lot of religious people and a lot of Christians, they look at God, you know, and they think, well, He hates, you know, the world or He, you know, He hates sin or He hates everyone who's not perfect. He hates all those dirty people that are, you know, sinful. And, and the fact is, they're sinful as well. But here's the truth. The truth is God loves the world. He doesn't hate the world. Why in the world would he send his son Jesus to die for people that he hated? He didn't. He sent his son Jesus to die for people that he loved. And that's what we are to share as followers of Jesus Christ. The second thing that the followers in, in the Bible shared was that, that, that God had a remedy for our sin. He had a remedy for our sin. You say, well, what's the remedy? Well, the remedy is Jesus. Um, I don't know if you grew up in a home that had um, home remedies or not, um, but we had a few around our house. Uh, one of those was if you had a sore throat, um, you gargled salt water. Um, I don't know if you did that as a kid or your dad ever taught you that, but, but when we had a sore throat or we had a sore in our throat, we would gargle salt water. And for some reason, it, obviously, you know, salt is a healing agent, and maybe I didn't know that then, but now I know that. But we would gargle salt water, and it would help our sores go away. Right. Um, there were other home remedies that I didn't get to use, like a hot toddy. I don't know if you know what that is. We were Baptists, so we didn't have liquor in the house. <laughs> but but, you know, some people, you know, they may have uh, drank a hot toddy. You know, they get a little sore throat or a cold or a flu. Or they mix a little whatever it is, whiskey or, you know, and honey. I don't know what it is, but you mix it all together and you drink this hot toddy as a remedy for that cold or that flu. I remember another one. Um, I actually went to, I think it was a chiropractor in, in high school. 
And uh, he, he pulled my shoes off and he was pulling on my feet and all that stuff. And he noticed I had warts on my foot. And he said, hey, I got a remedy for that. And I was like, well, what is it? And he said, well, I got this fluid right here. And I said, well, what's that fluid? And he said, it's embalming fluid. And I was like, embalming fluid? And he's like, yeah. He said, you just rub that on your feet and rub that on those warts right there and they will curl up and die and they will fall out. And it, it's exactly what happened. He, would rub, he, or he gave me that stuff and I would rub it on these warts and they fell off like rocks. It was sick and wrong. But uh, another home remedy that some of you guys, you're going to cringe when you hear it, uh, but was it was uh, castor oil. I don't know if you've ever had to drink castor oil, but, you know, those of you that don't know what it does, well, if you're plugged up, you know what I'm saying? If you're plugged up, you drink a little castor oil and you're going to be smooth sailing from that point on because it, it opens you up. Well, those are home remedies for, you know, times when we're maybe sick, right? Well, in life... Guess what? Everyone is sick with sin, and we need a remedy. And in the Bible, guess what? When we, when we read the stories about you know, the disciples and what they would share with people, they shared that Jesus Christ is the remedy of their sin. Again, they shared that God loves the world, and they shared that you know, we are separated by our sin you know, from God, but at the end of the day, Jesus is the remedy. First, uh, well, it's not, yeah, it's First Peter 2, 24, it says this. It says, He, meaning Jesus, personally carried our sins in His body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. By His wounds we are healed. You say, what am I supposed to share? Well, as we read the stories of the Bible, they shared that God loves the world and Jesus is the remedy. It's that simple. So you say, well, how do I prepare? Well, you study God's Word. And I'm telling you, being able to share with people that God loves them and that He sent a Son, His only Son, to die for them so that they could have eternal life, guess what? That's the greatest news that we could share with people. And you say, well, what, what do I do if they start asking other questions? Well, I'm going to let you off the hook. Here's, here's what I want you to realize. You don't have to have all the answers. You just don't. Um, one of my favorite answers when people ask me questions, you say, well, you're a preacher. You're supposed to have all the answers. I, I don't have all the answers. But here's, here's the greatest answer that I give people when they ask a question, I don't know. I just tell them, I don't know. I don't know, but I will find the answer. And then once I've committed to do that, I go back and I search the Word of God and I find an answer for them. And you say, can we find answers to every question? No. But that's the cool thing about God. He's a mysterious God. And He's a God that if we could figure Him out, then we ourselves would be God. So, here's the thing. Study the Word of God. You say, how do I prepare to share? Study the Word of God. Number two, the, the second thing that I would say uh, to do when preparing to share is pray for opportunities. Pray for opportunities. Uh, Paul, one of the greatest writers in the, in the Bible, he, he actually you know, looked for ways to be able to share the gospel with people. And he actually asked his friends to pray that God would open doors so that he could share with more and more people. Listen to Colossians 4, 3. It says this. It says, pray for us. And Paul is talking here and he says, pray for us too. That God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. Here's what I've learned. Prayer changes things. You want to have an opportunity to share with your friend or your family member or, you know, just a co-worker about Jesus and, and be able to share what he's done in your life? Guess what? Pray about it. Ask God to open the doors and He will do it. 
The Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, it says that if we will ask, it will be given to us. If we will seek, we will find. If we will knock, the door will be open to us. So all we have to do is ask. You say, I want an opportunity. I want to be able to share my faith. Well, listen, ask God to do it. God wants you to share your faith. So he's going to be more than willing to give you opportunities to share your faith. So number one, we prepare to share by studying God's word daily and praying for opportunities. You say, how else? I mean, if I'm going to share my faith, how, how else you know, do I prepare? How, what else do I need to do? Well, number two is this. You've got to form friendships. You gotta form friendships. Um, I, I prepared to build these hog panels, right? I prepared to do that. But I, it, it actually came down to, to me having to actually build the hog panels. I mean, if I'm gonna be able to, you know, have pigs and have them not running around in the yard or whatever, I gotta have a pen that they can live in. And so I actually had to build them so that I could put them to use. Well, here's the application. Once you've prepared to share, it's time to build those friendships that are going to give you opportunities to be able to share your faith. You know, then once you build those friendships, guess what? You're going to have that opportunity to share your faith with those people. Ephesians 5, uh, 15 and 16 says this. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these days, in these evil days. Here's what, I, here's what I want you to realize. At Thousand Hills Ranch Church, we value authentic relationships. We value them, um, and we want to make the most of them for, for God's glory. Um, you know, some Christians, you know, they may look at, you know, some of the friends that I have, and they may go, why, you know, why, I mean, he's a preacher. Why is he sitting with that guy? Or why is he, you know, hanging out with that person? I mean, that person, you know, they're a liberal, or, you know, they, you know, have a terrible reputation, or, you know, they're known to drink too much. They're, you know, liars. They're cheaters, and, and all those things. And, and they may judge me because of my, you know, the people that I hang out with. Well, here's what I want you to know. I desire to build authentic relationships with people that are far from God so that I can simply show them the love of God, share with them the remedy of their sin so that they can find a love relationship with Jesus. That's my goal. That's my desire. And here, here's what I've learned. It has to be a genuine friendship for me to be able to do that. If I just look at people and go, man, that guy's a heathen, man. That guy's pretty pretty terrible and i'm gonna beat the crap out of him with the word of god guess what it doesn't work i actually have to you know and, and i'll give you a few examples i actually have to serve people like when i go and i work calves and i you know i'm there and i'm working my butt off let's you know here, here's what i've learned if i work my butt off and i do a great job and i'm there when they you know ask me to be there i'm doing my job that they're asking me to do guess what they're going to respect me they're going to hopefully, you know, enjoy my, you know, me being there. And then I get to build a friendship and a relationship with them. And, and here's, what I, here's what I learned. After years of doing that, it's the, it's, for me, it's the best way to be able to share the gospel. Because I've shown them love. Because I've served them. Maybe I've been there, you know, when they had a question, you know, that they need an answer. And so in, in most cases, I've learned that, you know, so for someone to come to Christ, I have to have formed a friendship with them. And, and, and it's not always the case. I mean, I, there are times where, you know, I can, um, 
you know, meet somebody instantly and God tells me to share my faith with them. And that's good. That's great. You need to do that as well. But at the end of the day, friendships that we form, guess what? They, they are the best way to share our faith. Um, uh, what else do I want to share? You may be thinking, well, you know, that'll take forever. I mean, I got to build those, those friendships. No. Um, <clears throat> again, it may be like, I'll give you an example. Heather, uh, loves to run. And so we went to Denver a few uh, months ago, and uh, she ran a race. Well, she rode on a bus with a girl, you know, lady that sat next to her, and, you know, they began to chat. Uh, they got off the bus. They ran 26 miles. And then after the marathon, we ran into that same girl, and she needed a ride back to the hotel, so we gave her a ride back to the hotel. And in, in, in about 20 to 25 minutes, we spent, you know, with that lady or this girl, we were able to form what we would call the start of a friendship. And out of that, Heather got her information, has followed her on Facebook, and and and, and even took it a step further. Uh, this gal, t- you know, told us about a um, a race that was in Utah, and Heather and I flew to Utah, and we got to run a race there in Utah. We met up with this girl, um, and we you know ate lunch with her, spent some time with her, and then we flew home. Here's the thing: out of that you know short time that we spent together, we were able to form. A friendship with this girl. And, and for the past few months, we've been praying for her. Uh, Heather's actually bought a Bible and sent her a Bible and encouraged her to read it and just search. We don't know if she loves Jesus or knows Jesus. We, we, we don't think she does. But out of that few minutes spent on a bus and then after running a marathon, we were able to form a friendship that hopefully will lead this, this young lady into a love relationship with God. And so here's the thing. You gotta to prepare to share and you gotta form friendships. Here's the last thing that we, you know, that we should do to be able to, again, share our faith. And it's this. We gotta extend the invite. Extend the invite. I don't know if you have, uh, friends like mine, but some of my friends are, you know, pretty sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm joking, of course, but, you know, have you ever been around a friend where they're like, hey man, I, I called into the radio station, I got four tickets to this concert, and it's gonna be amazing. I mean, he's our favorite artist, and they tell you about this whole event, this concert that they're gonna get to go to, but then they just walk off and they don't invite you. Anybody ever been there? Yeah. Sorry, friends. Here's the thing. I mean, that feels terrible, man. That stinks to not be invited to something like that. Uh, Not to be invited maybe to your favorite artist to go watch him in concert. I mean, that's just terrible. Well, here's the the point. Once we've prepared to share, once we've formed, you know, a friendship with other people, why would we not extend an invitation to those new friends that we have to come to know Jesus? I mean, the party of the lifetime is going to be in heaven. The greatest concert that we're ever going to go to is going to be in heaven. I mean, we're going to be able to, you know, again, sing, praise, walk the streets of gold, you know, live in our mansions, you know, walk with, you know, our loved ones, all those people. So why would we, you know, be able to, you know, believe in our own hearts that, you know, heaven is the greatest place on earth or not on earth, the greatest place that's not on earth. And, and, and that's where we're headed. But why would we not extend an invite to our friends? Here, here's the thing. We're robbing them of the greatest gift that they could ever receive, which is eternal life. And you say, okay, Bo, how do I, how do, I do that? How do I, you know, sh- you know extend that invitation? Here, here's, again, here's what I would share with you. Share with them the love of Jesus. 
Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says this, and Jesus is talking, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Guess what? That's the greatest invitation that we've ever been given. Jesus says, come to me. He says, come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me and I'll I'll give you rest for your souls. I'll give you peace for your mind. I'll give you forgiveness of your sin. I I, want to invite you to spend eternity with me. And so listen, friends, listen, church. We are called to extend an invitation to the world so that they can experience eternal life. 1 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. You say, but I don't know if I can be confident you know, enough to, to, um, to share my faith with these, these friends or my friends or my family. Listen, God's not giving you a spirit of fear. He's not giving you a spirit of timidity. He's giving you a spirit of joy and confidence. And because, listen, because I'm confident that Christ can meet any need, because I'm confident that He can heal any wound, because I'm confident that He can forgive any sin, I will confidently share with my friends, with my family, that they can be forgiven too. That's the greatest invitation that I could ever give people. Some people will say, you know what, Bo, that's, that's kind of manipulative. I mean, why, why would you, you know, share your faith with other people? That's kind of like pushing, you know, uh, you know, you know, your faith on other people. That's kind of rude and, you know, we shouldn't, you know, push our faith on them. Here's, here's what I've learned. It's not what you say, it's kind of how you say it. It's how you share your faith that is either going to draw people closer to Jesus or turn them away. Um, you know, Matthew, um, I, you know, I, I guess I'll say this as well. Other people say, you know, you know, a relationship with Jesus is private. I mean, you should just kind of keep that to yourselves and, and, you know, and, and just live our lives, you know, in a relationship with God. Well, as a Christian, I would refer you to some of the scriptures, you know, that tell us to, to, to go and share. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, it says this. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples... I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go, listen to that word, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is telling us to go and share the gospel. Go and tell the world about Him being able to forgive uh, forgive us our sins. Romans 10 says this as well. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But listen to this. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they have never heard about Him? And how can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers of those who bring the good news. Here's the point. You say, I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. Well, Jesus tells us that we're supposed to share our faith. He says it's a beautiful thing. 
He says, when we go and we step out in faith and we take that, you know, step of faith and we share with, with people how they can come to know Jesus, that is the most beautiful thing that we can do. And so here's, here's what I want to leave you with. So, some people, you know, you know, they, they've said, you know, I've, I've tried sharing my faith, you know, with others and it, and it doesn't work or it's not easy. Can I just give you a, a comforting truth? Our success in sharing our faith is in sharing, not saving. In other words, I, I don't lead everybody to the Lord that I uh, you know, share my faith with. But my success is not found in saving them. It's found in sharing Jesus with them. And so some of you guys may be discouraged. You may be like, I share my faith all the time. Nobody ever comes to know the Lord. Listen, you keep sharing your faith and God will take care of the results. The win is when we share our faith and, and, and again, Jesus chooses or God chooses on whether they're going to come to faith in Him at the point you share or maybe even later. I mean, I've heard statistics that, you know, people have to be shared uh, about Jesus. You know, they have to be told about Jesus seven times before they come to know Jesus, before they actually give in and they say, I want to surrender my life. You may be the fifth person. You may be the sixth person. You may be the seventh person. But, but the win is in sharing, not actually saving. The saving is left up to Jesus. You say, okay, Bo, how do I, how do I form these friendships so that I can extend the invitation? Here's what I know. You have to get out in the world. It's one of the greatest things that I love about our church. Our church is not afraid to be in the world. Um, many of you guys maybe grew up in church, and, and that's cool. I grew up in church. Um, and maybe you grew up in a, in a place where it was kind of like the, the culture was the enemy. The world is the enemy. Well, can I, just, can I be honest with you? That's not the truth. Jesus died for the world. Jesus loves the world. And we are called to not love the things of the world, but to love the people of the world. We are called to share the good news with the people of the world. Therefore, we have to get out in the world. I mean, listen to what Jesus says in John 17. He says in verses 13 through 18, he says, Now I am coming to you. And he's talking uh, to God. He says, I told them many things I was, you know, while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word, God. And, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. You know what Jesus is saying there? He's saying, hey, God, don't take my people. Don't take these Christians. Don't take the followers, my followers out of the world. Take, put them in the world. Keep them holy. God, you know, strengthen them, prepare them. I mean, help them to, you know, to be prepared to be in the world. But at the end of the day, put them in the world. Put them in the world. Here's, here's you know, what I, I'll leave you with this. One of the coolest things that I get to do is obviously cowboy. I get to go and work on ranches or take, you know, pictures of cowboys and all that stuff. And, and, and I've, I've come to learn that I can enjoy doing all that stuff. And here's the cool thing about God. He uses my passion to be able to share my faith. Heather's uh, passion is running. 
And through that passion, she's been able to share her faith. And so here's what I would ask you to do. Use your passion. Whatever that is, use your passion to share your faith. Use your your hobbies to share your faith. Use your kids to share your faith. I mean, we go to ball games all the time, and we're able to build relationships and friendships so that we can share our faith. And I'll leave you with this. The first one's always the hardest. You say, I've never shared my faith. Uh, I don't know how to do it. And, and hopefully after today, you, you kind of know better how to do it. But you, but you you got to remember that the first one's always the hardest. Opening up that conversation with that friend, it can be hard at first. But after you've experienced God working through you and Jesus working through you, guess what? It can get easier and easier and easier. You say, I'm an introvert. I don't know how to build friendships. God can, can use you as an introvert to reach other introverts. You say, I'm an extrovert. I, you know, I like to be the life of the party. God can use your extrovertedness to reach people, you know. And so use your passion, use your hobbies, and be prepared to share. Get in the Word of God. Study the Word. Learn the techniques of, of the disciples and how they shared their faith. You know, try it out. Try your own technique. Just get out there. Be prepared to share. Form the friendships and extend the invite, and then leave the results up to God. That is what I want to share with you today. And I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. I know I'm on the video, but I want you to do it because, you know, God doesn't care whether it's a video or not. Um, And so I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Again, maybe you're here today for the first time and you're like, why is this preacher on video? Well, again, that's just what we do. Uh, We use technology uh, to be able to, you know, share, you know, the good news of Jesus. And we do it through our church. Um, But with your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you're thinking, you know what? That sounds hard. I mean, sharing my faith, that sounds almost impossible. Listen, it's not impossible. It's not impossible. The Bible says what is impossible with man is possible with God. And He wants to use you. He wants to use you to share your faith with other people. He wants you to form friendships so that you can extend an invitation for them to know Jesus. And so maybe you're here today and you need to make a commitment. You need to say, okay, God. And maybe you just pray something like this in your heart. God, I I want to share my faith. I know it may be hard at first, and it may be, it, it may be easy at first. I don't, God can do whatever He wants. But God, I want to share my faith. So I'm asking you to prepare me to share my faith. I'm committing today to read your word more often, to prepare through studying the followers that followed you in the Bible so that I can learn how to share my faith and how they shared their faith. Lord, I, I'm praying for opportunities to be able to share my faith. Give me opportunities with my friends and my family so that I can share my faith with them. Lord, help me to to form friendships, maybe new friendships with people that are far from God so that I can share my faith with them. And Lord, once those friendships have, you know, you know, come to fruition and and I form those friendships, Lord, help me to have the guts and the confidence to extend an invitation so that they can come to know you. Help me to share the greatest news that's ever been shared. And that's salvation in Jesus Christ. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer of commitment. I hope that you did. 
And I hope that you will leave this Sunday committed to sharing your faith. And remember this, the first one is always the hardest. It may be hard at first, but guess what? The more you do it, the more you are going to enjoy it, the more that you are going to, you know, again, be used by God to be able to share your faith with other people. And so I'm praying for you. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. Let me close this in a word of prayer, and then they'll come and they'll do the closing announcements. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to stand in a pig barn and be able to share what you've taught me with these people in our church, Lord. And I pray that that even now, as they leave this place, that they would be committed to sharing their faith with other people. That they would not, you know, just quit when it gets hard, but they would maybe ask other people advice. Maybe come to me and say, you know, how do, how do I share my faith with this person? Maybe they go and they, they read a, another devotional or a, another book that, that is written on, you know, how to share our faith. I, I don't know what it is, Lord, but I pray that they would prepare to share their faith. And that they would get out there and form friendships with those that are far from God so that they can extend an invitation of coming to know you. Lord, I thank you for those that shared their faith with me so that I could come to know you. And Lord, I pray that we would do the same for those around us. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen.